0: Welcome to the Lightly Literary Podcast, the Thoughtful Book Club Podcast featuring two friends. I'm Travis, joined as always by my co-host Amanda. Welcome back, Amanda. Hello! We join on the field of battle? The field of play? (laughs) Whatever, what do you think the appropriate description would be? Um the
1: uh, field of enlightenment. <laughs>
0: That's right. That's right. Transcendence awaits us because today, listener, you have found a book recommendation episode on the essay collection called Soccer in Sun and Shadow by Eduardo Galeano. If you've never listened to the podcast before, you're actually in the perfect starting place because our book recommendation episodes are for first-time listeners or just people who want a book rec in general. The, we will not be spoiling the work or discussing it in any deep detail. Obviously, our goal today is to persuade you to read it with us as we dive in over the next couple weeks. And yeah, so we'll do some light analysis, but it's nothing spoiler-filled, nothing heavy, and it's just meant to try and convince you, really. Um, I chose this book, so I guess I should probably talk about it briefly. (laughs) Um, In Soccer and Sun and Shadow, it's Essay collection feels like the right description, but it's also very these are very brief essays Maybe a page or two pages some of them three to four at the max And so it is this very focused but very brief and clipped writing about the history of soccer and sort of examining It's really a history of the world cups with some other meditations thrown in. Um, I had never read um, guyano before but that's I don't think that's necessary to reading this or anything. The translation by Mark Freed seems pretty solid. And so, yeah, it's sort of this, this essay collection I chose. Well, one, because we'd never talked about sports before in the pod, and at least I really like sports and follow many of them, so it's meaningful to me. And then also soccer, I think, is my favorite sport still. So that's also meaningful And just that I thought I would try and pick something that you would enjoy, and so it's not a dense history, and it's not filled with you know statistics and sort of digging up history of things, but instead is a bit more poetic. Did you find it to be so found it readable?
1: I did actually. I zipped right through it. And it's nice that it's in bite-sized pieces too, so uh, if you need a break from from the the language of soccer, then then you can take it and and very easily not lose your place.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. The I will say the book cover, back cover which would give a brief sample of um, does a good job describing it. It starts by saying, in this witty and rebellious history of world soccer, award-winning writer Eduardo Guyano searches for styles of play, players, and goals that express the unique personality of certain times and places. And then it concludes by saying, soccer is a game that bureaucrats try to dull and the powerful try to manipulate, but it retains its magic because it remains a bewitching game, a feast for the eyes, and a joy for the body that plays it, exquisitely rendered in this magical stories of the book. Which, yeah, I think that is is his aim for sure to show the kind of underlying creativity of soccer no matter the development of the game or no matter who Mm -hmm. takes it over so yeah that's the description from the cover um any thoughts before we get into our recommendation Nope, I'm ready. Oh, I went out of order, actually. I'm not going to recut this later, but I'm just going to do it now. We have social media accounts I never plugged. I forgot my plugs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because for some reason I deleted it from the outline, so that's, you know, that's what happens Uh-oh. when I have no outline, I mess up. Um, we do have social media accounts, listeners, so again, if it's your first time especially listening, thanks, and check us out on Instagram and Facebook. We're at the Lightly Literary Podcast, which is just one word, so super easy to search and find. We post updates on the readings there. We Tend to chime in when we're doing a book club or promoting a book recommendation. Kind of keep up with the schedule there, and yeah, check out some drawings we do to promote the books as well. You know, I'm not on schedule on that, Amanda, but uh, but one day, one day. <laughs> <laughs> it, it hampers my creativity to be so constrained, you know. So I can't, yeah. I, I can't mm-hmm. adhere to a schedule. It's just not within my mm-hmm. power to yep. uh, to follow. So anyway, makes total let,
1: sense to me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Guyana would be proud.
0: Let's get to our rapid fire recommendations then. This is our first segment we always do on book recommendation episodes. Uh, I will start, Amanda. I think you should read this book if you like poetry, but also don't.
1: That makes sense, (laughs) because there's not an actual poem, but it is beautifully written Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Um, I said you should read this book if you're interested in a non-North American summary of history.
0: Uh, More critically, non-European, because I think that would be the more dominant way to think about soccer. It, it yeah. not I don't think North Americans have a ton I mean Mexico does, but I don't know if America the country has a ton to say about soccer, but mm-hmm. Europe certainly would, and this is a South American focused history um, that covers all the World Cups, to be fair. I think you should read this if you prefer sports delivered to you in a metaphor, not in statistics.
1: So true, and I do. so thank you there, yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, you should read this book if you think soccer, plays can be art.
0: Yeah, no, it fits right in. It is it is indulgent in the sort of beauty of the moment-to-moment play. Some of the clunkier writing also comes up in those moments, though, for me. But, but on the whole, it is. He does extract some pretty wonderful, yeah, poetry from the game. So that's also fair. I think you should read this book if you've screamed at a television because of a sport before. Or, you know, if you've screamed at a match, obviously.
1: Yeah, passion. Show that passion. That's right and i have i have screamed at at screens before
0: yeah <laughs> yeah, hard not to you get invested
1: <laughs> um you should read this book if
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: um you should read this book if you don't care about soccer theory just play the damn game <laughs> <laughs> it's not
0: yeah cuz there there's a history called uh, in, called inverting the pyramid that is a very dense Analysis of tactics and how the tactics of soccer have evolved as the game has evolved, and so it's like there are other books that do that way more and and better frankly, he like doesn't have a deep interest in it again, he bemoans some changes but doesn't get into tactical analyses. It's much more about goal to goal moments, so Ooh. I think you should read this book if you dislike soccer, but are open minded
1: oh yeah,
0: it might be your one <laughs> chance in <laughs> maybe <Yeah.
1: laughs> I said. <laughs> You should read this book if you like soccer or have no idea about soccer. So you yeah, covered the whole. I tried whole to pick episode. a
0: book that would cover the spectrum there between me, a passionate fan and you just kind of an indifferent non-watcher. So unenthusiastic watcher. Uh, I think you should read this book if you believe that sports are political, both implicitly and explicitly political.
1: Yeah, that's kind of the heart of the, the reading for me. Um, Mm -hmm. You should read this book if you think the soccer ball is a fickle mistress, or sister, or wife, or goddess.
0: (laughs) Well, no matter what, it's clearly gendered as a woman. That's that's all that matters. I mean, you can have it torment you in any of those forms or fashions, so any of those relationships are valid, but it just, yeah. No, that is an ongoing... He even spends at least one of the essays, brief essays about that, about how he thinks it's like a woman, so, like a lover. Um, Yeah, funny. Um, We do discuss that in part one, at least a little bit, so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, with our rapid-fire recommendations out of the way, we hope that gives a brief sense of it. Um, Let's do another segment: the pop culture touchstone. This is just a more in-depth look at something that we can compare this to, the reading experience to. And I think neither of us chose watching soccer. Just to be clear, (laughs) which is important. (laughs) I mean, you could just go correct. (laughs) Yeah, you could just go watch soccer. So, other than that, pop culture (laughs) touchstone. Let's talk about it. I'm going to go first because mine. I've never felt more strongly about a recommendation in this whole uh, history of the pod. There's currently, in the lead-up to 2022's World Cup, there's currently a soccer podcast—I think the Ringers are doing it, I forget who's promoting it—but it's called 22 Goals, and it is by the essayist and nonfiction writer uh, Brian Phillips, who I do really like, and I've followed his stuff— the thing is, he's a, just a great writer. I don't know if he's a great podcaster yet, but that's kind of irrelevant because the goal of 22 Goals is every podcast episode just focuses on one World Cup goal, and he focuses on what it meant, who scored it. It's a lot more history, and each episode is about an hour long, you know, 50 minutes to an hour. So he goes into much more depth than Guyana did about his goals. But the mm. thing that it has in common is the structure. Again, it's very focused on like a moment and what that means. And Phillips is, you know, he's a great nonfiction writer. Like it's very creative and he brings that to the podcast too. So the descriptions, there's real poetry and how he wants to talk about these things. He gets very excited about the beauty of it and kind of the, the wondrousness of soccer goals. And so, yeah, I think he's doing 22 to lead up to this. I think it's the 22nd world cup. I don't know why he picked 22. I forgot. (laughs) But anyway, that's the goal. It's currently releasing. When you hear this podcast, all of it will probably be out already, so you can go check that out. But I just don't... It's just odd because I've been listening to some of them. I'm not caught up. I think he's released five or six of the goals. Um, And I'm not caught up yet. And and frankly, again, I don't even know if I like his voice in a podcast sense, but I think he's a great writer. And he also just kind of loves the beauty like Guyano loves it.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So a strong connection. I feel very similar. Nice. If you if you like yeah. this, then there's I don't see there's any way you would dislike that.
1: Yeah, I like it. Um, I said for my touchstone, mm-hmm. um, Twitter ish length, Reddit's.
0: Whoa, um. the social media combo. <laughs> <laughs> talk me, talk me through it.
1: Twitter ish, just because it's like super short. Most of the pieces are. I mean, yeah. It, it's like a paragraph or two. Um, and then the the Reddit, because you have like this big, um, big subject, but then you have so many threads beneath it of different. So even though like it might be the, the big idea might be like the 20 or the 2000, whatever, 2006, I guess, um, <laughs> World Cup, then you'll get several pieces about um, like a player and then a play or oh this political act or so it's like you have this the subject so i'm I'm focusing on the the structure of of the overall collection but it's, it's you get these big ideas and they could be kind of like random they're not necessarily like linearly thinking it could be just like a what might seem like a random thought thrown in there but it's a thought that could possibly fit under the umbrella of an idea
0: yeah so. yeah it does feel i don't know if i'd say unfocused because overall structure is quite focused but he definitely yeah. lets himself veer off and indulge which is you know part of the fun obviously yeah that's one of the best parts or features of this work is that it's unpredictable mm-hmm. in a just like a brilliant soccer player would be <laughs>
1: yep yep
0: first mention of twitter on the pot at least for a while so and that, <laughs> that is the right that is the right description um, let's move on to our next segment. So the third segment we always do, which I sometimes just sort of f- flaunt or ignore uh, flout, not <laughs> flaunt flout, uh, which is the scripted pitch. It's when we each prepare a 200 word or so scripted, um, essentially appeal for you to read the book with us and follow along in our literary journey. And I didn't do one, though. I will say this was almost by choice, because when I was filling it out this morning, I had plenty of time to write something. But then I, I went and did something else, and I was like, ah, I'm going to think on it. Like, I'm not really sure what to say. And now it just feels right that I have to freestyle this, bring my own unique, <laughs> in-the-moment creativity. Because, I yeah, sometimes I just don't script these out when I, perhaps I should. But I'll go mm. first, and I'll put myself <laughs> to the fire first. Because, obviously, it. it's since you have prepared Something I have not. It's only fair that I do this. Um, All right, so my scripted pitch that's unscripted. Well, as I mentioned, it's kind of like poetry. I think you'd have to approach this book with the sense of you're going to learn a bit of history, you're going to learn a bit about the World Cup itself and. kind of how commercialization has influenced the game that's certainly something he dislikes but ultimately you have to just like the beauty of sports you got to like the beauty of play you've got to enjoy the moment-to-moment brilliance that a certain player can affect on the crowd and on the game and everything because i think that's where his writing is best or strongest when he's really relishing soccer as kind of a philosophical play experience that's worth examining. I will say also that the history stuff I don't think always comes off perfectly well in that his writing gets a bit bogged down by just listing and stating facts and getting away from the more beautiful things that he appreciates, but on the whole that's not enough to take away the recommendation. I still think it's a really strong and interesting book that you've probably never read anything like it and that's maybe my final appeal. If you're interested in sports in general, I think this is an easier recommendation just because it'll show you how sports can be processed and analyzed and thought about in a way that at least modern sports culture has completely abandoned. Like, there's very little poetry or metaphor in modern sports writing, though you can find some. It's all statistics now. It's all, when you want to argue who's the best player, you don't argue about who, you know destroyed your soul or or captivated your mind or whatever you immediately start by listing statistics and if Mm -hmm. you are either tired of that or at least want to see how sports can be interpreted in a different way then I think it's well worth it for that reason so that's my appeal to like sports lovers I don't think I'm going to make a strong appeal to non sports lovers I'll say I don't if you really just dislike sports I don't I don't know it's probably a pass (laughs) but that's my appeal to like if you have interest in sports and in play in general so.
1: yeah, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I think that even if you actively dislike sports, I think that there are some things in here that you could appreciate.
0: That's great. Yeah. That's yeah. I'm glad you think so too. Cause I I'm on the fence, but I, yeah, that's my appeal for sure. How about for your scripted pitch?
1: Um, yes, this is a book about soccer. However, you don't have to love soccer or even understand soccer to enjoy this book. This is a collection of musings about soccer as a kind of allegory for what Galliano sees as major issues in not just South America, but the entire planet. That could be quite an undertaking, but the structure of this work makes each of Galliano's ideas and insights a bite-sized treat for the reader. And more often than not, his essays, snippets, vignettes, whatever, <laughs> are mm-hmm. a pleasure to read. The reader can easily appreciate Galliano's brevity and use of juxtaposition, especially when keeping in mind that many of his insights relate to wealth and racial disparity. For me, what really captured my interest and in showcased Galliano as a writer were his descriptions of the players in the plays that he found most inspiring. In just a few words, he is able to call forth fantastical and sometimes comical images of the sport that he loves so well. Not every piece in this collection will speak to the reader, but that doesn't detract from how interesting this collection is overall. Definitely a great book to pick up to to perhaps motivate yourself to be more interested in sports ball.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's... <laughs> um, <laughs> that final word, too, is the ultimate. <laughs> it's been a weird cultural time in our lifetimes seeing... The kind of paradigm of the 80s and 90s Get turned on its head where now it's like The nerd culture is the dominant culture And sport I mean sports are still incredibly dominant Too, it's powerful, but it is Funny to like see people who Grow up, grew up maybe ostracized or ostracized by sports and left out now like you know Marvel movies are the biggest thing ever so it's like yeah. I, that, that word sports ball is just hilarious because it is the kind of like light criticism <laughs> I think that that community would use to be like sports are lame you know like uh, who cares about your sports ball um, that is very <laughs> funny and I'm, I'm glad you think it could maybe win, win people over in that sense because I, I don't know I, I think I'm just too biased or I'm too caught up in the scene like I've followed soccer for too long and care about it too much or something to really assess that, so
1: yeah, I think that Galliano did a good job with kind of like showcasing the artistic side of a play and the artistic side of like mm-hmm. seeing somebody play for their country, and then also the the politics. Like, if you are somebody who's very politically minded, I think that it's very interesting from that aspect too. So, I think even if you have disdain for sports, it's this is going to be an interesting read, anyway.
0: Perfect. Yeah. Well said. And that was the essential. That was essentially why I picked it to get that point of view anyway. And so that is. yeah, that's well said, and I'm glad we covered that, too. Let's jump to our final segment, then, of any book recommendation we give, and that's our quote for clarification. Obviously, we want to be specific about the work you might read and actually give a sense of the style and what the writing is like. I'll go first. I guess that's the order it's taken today. <laughs> you never know with yeah. this. You, know, you never know who's going to jump in and jump out or whatever. But I'll, <laughs> I'll go first with my quote. Mine's actually from a later essay, but the, the order of these matters very little anyway. <laughs> uh, it's from 226 about the Italian Roberto Baggi. So I'm just I'm actually just gonna read the whole entry. It's very brief. (laughs) Two paragraphs um, called Pagio. In recent years, no one has given Italians better soccer or more to talk about. Roberto Baggio's name is mysterious. His legs have a mind of their own. His foot shoots by itself. His eyes see the goals before they happen. Baggio is a big horsetail that flicks away opponents as he flows forward in an elegant wave. Opponents harass him. They bite. They punch him hard. Baggio has Buddha sayings written under his captain's armband. Buddha does not ward off the blows, but he helps. Um, but he does help suffer them. From his infinite serenity, he also helps Baggio. Baggio discover the silence that lies beyond the din of cheers and whistles. So a lot of his writing's on display here. Let's unpack a few elements. Will you learn things? Yeah. Like the fact about Buddha and that he has inscriptions from Buddha on his armband, that's just like a fascinating personality quirk that he digs up for us. <laughs> so it's like, ah, yes, I, I learned something about Baggio today. You know, how interesting. And that's, I'm, better for that i know that but some of the mm-hmm. metaphors and similes and some of the writing is just so well balanced i like in the first paragraph it ends with this sort of prophetic description of this you know mechanical genius and he's seeing everything it's he's doing things automatically like the spirit has taken him over and then the next sentence is he's a big horsetail that flicks away and that's kind of a clever almost kind of funny or silly thing to picture and the kind of wave like way he plays and and vexes people. Yeah, it's just, it's well-balanced, it's creative, it takes chances like that, and he's definitely willing to kind of jump from one image to the next, or jump from one bit of figurative writing to the next, not really holding himself back. (laughs) And again, I think a positive or very fun way. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a good demonstration of his skills. I will also say I chose this one, maybe I should have chose one that was more bogged down, but it's not too bogged down with facts either. And I think that some of the ones I disliked were or did feel that way where it's kind of like, well, if you're going to give me this many facts, can't you make a more coherent piece of something? And he just, you know, he just doesn't. And so, yeah, I think it's moments like these that are so enjoyable. It's like, ah, what a great encapsulation, a great comparison. And, you know, just some fun, creative images to consider.
1: I think that really showcases, the the beauty of of the language and of the metaphors that he can use in describing a sport yeah. that he loves so well, yeah,
0: yep, excellent.
1: Um, my quote is from the piece called "On On Draw Day." So, <coughs> a midfielder, this rubber-bodied giant, would sweep the ball downfield without ever touching an adversary, and when he launched the attack, he would brandish his body and send them all scattering. In one match, he crossed half the field with the ball sitting on his head. And then he ends with, he was black, South American, and poor, the first international idol of soccer. Um, so a, a couple of things that I, I chose this for. Um, again, we see some of the, the, the beautiful descriptions and the unique descriptions for a soccer player. Uh, brandishing his body we see and so especially brandishing his body and sending them all scattering at yeah. the beginning of this collection especially there's a lot of war language there is <clears throat> uh, yeah and that's something that you can see scattered throughout his writings um but also you see the humor in one match he crossed half the field with the ball sitting on his head like what a ridiculous image to to recall right um mm-hmm. so that was interesting and then at I included the final sentence from that as well, because you get something that's very brief, sad and kind of a juxtaposition, which I had mentioned before of, of all these great things that he was writing about, about on draw day. And then in the end he, he dies. Yeah. He's like poor, right. Right. And he's the first international idol of soccer, which goes at the heart of uh, some of his points too, is that like, it was just, you don't have to be, rich in order to enjoy soccer you don't need to be paid in of order course. to enjoy soccer um but also just that the soccer players especially at the beginning were were often uh used as tools and not not appreciated enough to be to be given a paycheck
0: <laughs> yeah it's um I think it is the right. He has that tone too about early soccer stars and people who didn't quite make it. You know, and this it can feel maybe cold, but I think in his mind it's just one of those brutal realities of the game and how it discards people that it loves. <laughs> you can go from yeah. loving and admiring to you know discarding and forgetting so quickly, and so that I think is is worth bringing up in that quote too. That that's kind of yeah. a fixation of his is the way some stars and people have been cast aside and disgruntled and everything, and and just sort of neglected by history. It's interesting. Yeah. The one thing that he does fix it, and I'll mention this briefly later in the book, I guess we're doing a book club chat now, maybe, <laughs> but it, <laughs> we didn't talk about this and I just thought of it, but he does focus a lot on how professional players aren't paid enough. And I mean, compared to yeah. owners, there's just no, I mean, yeah, that's the, the finances of that are obvious. Players make way less than owners, et cetera. But it, discarding that, I think most leagues have minimums now where it's like, I don't think his case about how many professional players are kind of treated like garbage and not paid, at least in any major league today, because of uh, minimums, required minimum salaries, I don't think that's true. Like, you'd have to go down to the, like, low divisions to get into some of that argument, which, you know, you could. That's reasonable to say that there's not enough financial compensation there but in the professional Mm -hmm. leagues like his argument i don't think holds up at all i think most of the big leagues have like minimums where you're not going to be living on poverty wages if you're a in a professional league right again in the the uppest uh uppest (laughs) in the uppest levels in the highest levels i meant to say in the (laughs) upper divisions (laughs) fun word combo any other quick thoughts i just had to have that aside because i forgot to put it in the other pod any other thoughts on his writing or his style Nope, I'm good. It is a really... In a fun way Beguiling and interesting read And not confusing I guess Beguiling in the Interesting mysterious Kind of Don't know where he's Going to go with it Sense not the I am right. lost sense It's actually very easy To read Very very easy to follow mm-hmm. So Okay we hope you Join us for that As always our goal Was to persuade you To read with us And if we failed We apologize We tried our best And we have other Books coming up So let's talk about those If this one doesn't Interest you um, The book clubs For this book uh, Soccer and Sun and Shadow Will be coming out Over the next two weeks So find them in the podcast feed always on Fridays but again if this one didn't intrigue you then we have other ones coming up Amanda why don't we why don't you talk them talk about them
1: sure uh the next three we have are novels so we have A Good Family by A.H. Kim and then we have a sci-fi novel The City and the City by China Mieville and then we have the historical novel Pachinko by Min Jin Lee
0: Hmm all novels we're we're swinging back hard (laughs) (laughs) we spent enough time in nonfiction land and we're back yeah and uh, Pachinko too I mentioned this on the other episode get a brief reference here it is a bit longer so if you want to get ahead of that one or just read if you want to read with us at the pace we do you know for two weeks that one you might want to read a bit in advance I also heard it's really compelling so that might not be required but yeah just as a heads up that's a bit longer so okay any final thoughts again on the Guyano essays Nope, I'm good. Excellent. We'll see who joins us for the next couple weeks. Again, those book club episodes will be posted on Fridays. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook where we have that account, at the Lightly Literary Podcast, and leave any ratings and recommendations you can on a podcast platform of your choice. We're up on all the major ones. Wherever you found this, in fact, would be would be wonderful, so we appreciate that. We hope you tune in for those episodes, and as always, we'll see you between the pages.